Hello and welcome in to the morning after here on Fairmont Radio, presented by SM Athletics. I'm Davis Rengi alongside Jake Miller. Uh, apologize for the late start here. Um, That's my fault. Yeah, it, it, it's okay. Things happen. Yeah, I appreciate Jake for coming in anyway. He's sick as a dog out there, so uh, I appreciate him. But while we have some time, uh, I just wanted to talk about the game last night and a little bit about the portal news we've gotten this week. So I guess I'll start with last night and our win against NC State, 79-70. to 70. And just kind of a weird game, to be honest. It was um, playing in San Antonio at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, the floor hadn't changed. Just playing on the Spurs floor. It just seemed like a one-off, just us against NC State. And Juro's Victoria's Secret and big old women. Yep, good old San Antonio. And uh, it, it wasn't a game to write home about or anything. It wasn't flashy, wasn't pretty at times. But you got the win, and that NC State team is not bad. And I think they could make a deep run of March. NC State could. And DJ Burns, I've got to give him credit. He's even though he's put on some weight for sure, he's Ooh. turned his career around because he is a nightmare to guard. He's he's big. He can post you up, and he's quick enough that he can get around you. So he was a nightmare mashup. Or yeah, and I thought Adu's length would really bother him, but what truly bothered him was Awaka and his kind of strength and just mm-hmm. physicality and because Awaka can match him strength for strength and he's a little bit faster and more quick on his feet Awaka with a great game with 12 rebounds 5 and 12 but mainly 6 offensive rebounds that were huge especially down the stretch and I gotta give credit where credit's due I've been not the biggest Josiah Jordan James fan on here but he has been playing great ball as, as of late, and last night he finishes with 23-7. and seven. Shot the ball really well. He's shooting the ball incredibly, incredibly well this year. His form looks cleaned up. Looks like he may be finally starting to find that groove that we've been waiting for for years. And Ziegler, every single game, he's getting more and more like himself. Last night he finishes with 20 on 4 of 8 from 3, and 8 assist, and the I guess the most impressive thing about this win last night is you won it in a different way. Dalton Connect, obviously, with his probably his worst game of the year that he'll ever play. Yeah. Uh, 19 minutes, two points, one for seven from the field. And despite all that, you still win by nine against a very good NC State team. So that is very encouraging to see. And, hey, I this team just – as long as you can keep winning in different we keep saying the teams who make it deeper deepest of March know how to win in different ways and this team definitely won in a different way last night absolutely man I mean when you look at it what was the biggest complaint we had last year it was the fact that anytime this team took the floor it's like if one person is off everybody's off yep but you look at this team it's like okay well if somebody's off like Dalton Connect last night guess what Triple J is going to come into his own. And he's going to make it happen. And last night, he made it happen. You get a nine-point win. You cover the spread. Everything is all good. Hit a big bet last night, Davis. So I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. But when you look at what happened last night, DJ Burns, I don't know how that guy didn't have a heart attack while he is out there. I mean, he has put on some weight and a lot more weight than what he had when he was here. Looks like he said the munchies for five years. I mean, good Lord. I mean, Taco Bell, McDonald's, where you at? Hook this guy up with an NIL deal. Lord, and uh, looking at it, 
Triple J is actually shooting the best from three on the entire team. I knew his his shot looked better this year, but he's shooting 39.5% from three, and the next closest guy is Dalton Connect with 38, and then it's a huge drop-off. So Yeah. That is very impressive to see. And Jordan Gaines only shooting 32%, but, I mean, you have to feel like at some point he's going to break out of it. He is. I mean, the thing is, he might not be the best basketball player on the team. Is he a liability on defense? Maybe. But 33% from three is the same as 50% from two. And the fact of the matter is, Jordan Ganey, he's going to shoot the lights out. When If he's on, you're going to win some ball games. And Josiah Jordan James, I mean, last night really like validated it for me. But, you know, Davis last year, he was essentially the JaVale McGee of this basketball team. It's like everybody's going to put him in because he's got the, all the talent in the world. But for the past four years, he's been not Magic Johnson, but Tragic Bronson. And this year, he's kind of coming to his own, and it's very, it's very fun to watch. Because especially when Dalton Connect is off, if you got him on, you're in good shape. Yeah, and if, I mean, we, we still haven't had a game yet where both of them are really on yet either. So I mean, if that scary. happens, then we're, we're going to win the game by, like, 30 points. I mean, let's call yeah, that like exactly. it is. Yeah, exactly. Even if it's – it would have been nice to see them both in, in tandem go against Purdue or Kansas or one of those teams. But I would rather them do that in November and December than in March. Because, I mean, let's just go ahead and get all the mistakes out of the way now. So when March comes, we're prepared. We're ready for it. We've seen it. We've done it. And speaking of Jordan Ganey, the numbers do back up his slump. He's – Five for 22 in his last five games from three. Which, obviously, is not pretty, but you know what they say. If you're in a slump, it only goes back. It has to even out at some point. So, my advice, and I'm sure they, they're t- saying the same thing to him, just keep shooting. Because it's pretty clear. Like You can tell he is a good shooter, and he'll eventually get it back. And You know, what's, I was just thinking about it last night. If we could get Ganey... Vescovi, Z, or excuse me, Ganey, Ziegler, Josiah, and Dalton Connect all shooting get well at the same time. Like, I, I don't see a team that can beat us. No, I really don't. Well, and there's a reason right now that when you look at Ken Palm, they think that the only game that we're going to lose throughout the rest of the year is at Alabama. Yep, that's the only game that Ken Palm has predicted us to lose. Now, as we all know, Ken Palm is probably the best at grading out college teams. I mean, let's call that like it is. They're pretty spot on. And another trend, Davis, is if you're in that top 12 in week six, you have a chance to win the national title. And what were we this past week? Number 12. So, right now, the way I see it, we we give Rick Barnes a lot of criticism, and rightfully so, but he has probably perfected his best roster yet. Can we call that? He's probably perfected his best roster that he's had since he's been here. Yeah, I, I would say this one or 2018-2019 with Grant and Admiral. That one... 
which, of course, Admiral was a Donnie Tennell recruit, but that team, I, I mean. I just feel like we had everything that year. I mean, we, we had did. scoring off the bench. We even had post-play. I mean, we still had uh, Kyle Alexander. I mean, we were so deep on that team that we had Fulkerson and Eve Ponce that were 10th and 11th men on that team. They didn't even touch the floor. No. But, um, yeah, I mean, you don't you don't sit Grant Williams to start overtime, and you're probably hoisting a national championship up. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, with that team, they could have went all the way, but the best chance that Tennessee ever had to win a national title was in 2007. That was probably the best team we ever had under Bruce Pearl. And when you look at that team, you – shut up, Siri. Shut up, Siri. Um, but um, now that was the uh, that was probably the best team we ever had. And when you look at that team, and you look at how we got put out in the tournament, you're up by twenty against Ohio State. Davis, I'd went to bed that night thinking we were going to the Elite Eight. Oh man! I woke up, and my grandfather is sitting in his chair. I wake up the next morning. All right, let's get ready to play on. Uh, Saturday, he's like, buddy, we lost. I was like, what do you mean we lost? He's like, Ohio State came back and beat us. I said, you're lying to me. He said, no, I'm not. Wake up, talk to him. Sure enough, I get on my computer because, Davis, we didn't have smartphones at the time either. Have a dial-up internet back then? Uh, no, we had uh, we, we had real internet by that point, but – um. Yeah, you get on the internet and it's like, oh my goodness. We blew a 20-point lead in the second half of that game. That was probably the team that should have went all the way. Because Ohio State ended up going all the way that year. Yeah. But, I mean, this is the team to do it, man. When you look at every piece that we have on this roster, and even down to the freshmen, you know, JP, Cameron Carr, Cade Phillips, Technically, Freddie DeLeon. This is the best roster he has ever assembled. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it's interesting to see these past few games, the more serious the games have been getting, the less the freshmen have played. Yeah. Like they've played uh, – sorry, J.P. Estrella got one minute last night. Yeah. But besides him, the past two games, the freshmen have played zero minutes, all three of them. So – uh, I think it's kind of interesting how he's cutting his rotations down. He did it against uh, Illinois the other last weekend, and he only played eight, and the freshman did not play. So I, yeah. I find I find that kind of interesting because I think they can help you if you need it. And just looking at Kim Palm, it's kind of weird. I mean, we're now we've gone down and adjusted offense somehow since last week. We're now thirtieth in adjusted offense, and it's because we had a lackluster game against Georgia Southern. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. I forgot about that one. Sorry, that one just completely blanked. You did. I'm be honest. I didn't even watch that one. So, um, yeah, I, that was something that I thought we'd take care of business, and then we just kind of uh, BS the second half. But and it's weird because I was in attendance, and at halftime, I knew some guys at the game. So I was like, "Hey, you know, come on over here. We'll just uh, we'll chat. You know, we'll have a good time. I haven't seen you guys in a minute." And then we look up, and it's like, oh, my goodness. It's like they have closed this gap more than what they should have. Yeah, that's that's the classic just 
you know, just go through the motions in the second half. You're up by 30 at halftime. Who cares? They suck anyway. And then look up and uh, you're about to blow up. But that's another valuable lesson you can learn. So um, kind of glad they went through it, honestly. But now you're looking at you're going to be 10-3 and three when conference play starts. And you open with Ole Miss uh, Saturday, January the 6th at home. I'm very glad that game is at home because I'd be kind of nervous if it was uh, at the tat or not the tad pad anymore, but in Oxford because they're nine and zero right now and Chris Be- or excuse me, not nine and zero, they're ten and zero right now. Chris Beard's their coach, and I think uh, we can all agree that Chris Beard has had more success recently than Rick Barnes. He has, but also he's had. <laughs> I mean, let's call it like it is, man. Eh, he- a little bit of off the court. Yeah, a little bit, but yeah. At the same time, it's like, you know, it took somebody like Chris Beard to get Ole Miss relevant again. Because when Ole Miss is on, it's it's very weird because, like, even though it's different coaches, different players, when Ole Miss is on, dude, they are on. And it does not stop. I mean, you remember the Marshall Henderson years. Yeah, that was – they were very good that year, and also um, they were, they just kind of like went through it the past few years. Obviously, they hired Kermit. I thought that was a good hire at the time. Obviously, it didn't work out like I thought it would, but Andy Kennedy was a decent coach, and they got rid of him, and they were just kind of wandering for about, what was that, four or five years with Kermit, and now they're already 10-0 and in year one with Chris Beard. Yeah. They'll probably make the tournament, too. Well, I mean, and that proves our point from last year that Kermit Davis should have never taken the job at Ole Miss to begin with because MTSU – and we got a lot of flack for this when you were the co-host of Overtime. But I said that for Kermit Davis, MTSU was a better job. And it was. I mean, can, can we be honest for a second? MTSU, at the time that Kermit Davis took the Ole Miss job, MTSU was the better job because you could win 30 games at MTSU. It, it's kind of like... And the community uh, loved him, like... When I was a student at MTSU, we loved Kermit because he made it a point. And he didn't – I don't know if he went around to all the clubs, but at least in the Greek life scene, when I was a Kappa Sig, Kermit Davis made it a point to come around to all of the fraternities. He's like, whatever you guys need, we'll make it happen for you. You guys need shirts, we'll make it happen. You guys need signs, we'll help you make them. Like, Kermit got involved – with the community in Murfreesboro. And that's something that, um, you know, Derek Mason's going to do, and he already has done down there. But, you know, with Chris Beard, they hired a guy that knew how to win. And Ole Miss is not afraid of hiring guys with trouble pass. Yeah, baggage. They're not afraid of it. Yeah. They've done it, and they've been pretty successful with it. Let's call that like it is. They got a decent football program. And now they got a decent basketball program. It's all because they weren't afraid to hire somebody with some baggage. Yeah. I mean, I, I applaud them for because, you know, we went through the same thing after Pruitt. I mean, we had some bad headlines at the time, but that the read the whole reason they didn't hire Hugh Freeze is because of his baggage. But uh, if we had had Ole Miss's administration in place, then we probably would have hired Hugh Freeze, and who knows where we are right now. So I guess ultimately we did end up doing the right thing and hiring Heupel. I guess we'll see, but I 
don't think Hugh Freeze would have gone eleven and two and beaten Alabama and LSU and Clemson in year two here. So I guess there is some. I, don't know, I guess we did dodge a bullet. But speaking of NTSU, we did get a commitment yesterday in the transfer portal, our second one from Jacoby Thomas, the safety from MTSU. Do you know anything about him besides all I know is that he's a safety, top 10 in the portal? I mean, he had 108 tackles last year, four interceptions, and I think eight tackles for a loss, which is good in that system. But it's all going to depend on what happens when he gets to Knoxville. And, you know, we've seen guys come through here. And Hopple's had good success in the portal. But when I look at him, I just see Rick Stockstill. And Stockstill was not a guy that a lot of people liked. But if he can come here and make an impact, you know, be the first true DB or safety to make an impact, you know, he's going to go down as probably almost like one of those guys like Jabari Greer. It's like guys you didn't appreciate at the time, but you appreciate them now that they're gone. Yeah. I mean, MTSU is had some decent players come out of there. Obviously, Kevin Byard, who was the safety for the Titans forever, now in the Eagles. Benny Cunningham. Yeah, and um, he's going to have some opportunity to play right away, obviously, with Slaughter now going to Arkansas and Tim Marion McDonald committed to Ole Miss yesterday. So you're going to have some opportunity back there. And if he's – I mean, really, we haven't had a bad portal hit yet except – Lynn J. Dixon, obviously, which I don't even count. So, if he's I mean, if he's decent, then we'll take him. I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. But um, Holden's – I was very – I was impressed with us getting Holden stays. I yeah. kind of had – once he took his Georgia visit, I kind of figured, okay, we're out of it because Georgia's the place to be right now. And, obviously, they're just producing tight end for tight end, starting with Brock Bowers. So – and Brock is the best tight end in college football. Yep. Like, when I think of great tight ends in college football, I think of Jason Witten, I think of Kellen Winslow, Michael Rivera. He's better than all those guys. Yeah, he, he – and, and that's um, saying something because Jason Witten and Kellen Winslow, they were two of the best tight ends in college football at the time, and Jason Witten ends up becoming one of the best tight ends in NFL history. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he'll have a career. I don't think he'll have as good of an NFL career as Jason Witten, but he obviously is better than Jason Witten right now, as both in, uh, compared to college. But uh, I know that that was big, just just for us in general, just because we had passed on Jolly, and then Jolly obviously is going to NC State, and we'll play him next year, which I'm not looking forward to. But you passed on Jolly, who was the number one tight end at the time, and then Stays jumps him in the uh, portal in terms of rankings, and you land him. So I guess it all worked out in the end, but still don't like how that ended, but it's all right. I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. But to me, I probably would have taken both, honestly, because now you're just with Stays and Ethan Davis, unless there's somebody I'm missing in the recruiting class that's a tight end. But that, I don't see it. So No. Um, 
I'm not, I'm not going to nitpick a tight ends, but uh, yeah, I, I, I was, that was good to see. And I guess since we have a few minutes, we can talk about Tyler Barron. How do you feel about it? You know, he's, uh, he's done this before. You know, he went into the portal a couple of years ago and was trying to get more money. And it looked like he was going to go to Kentucky, but came back home. If this is your second time entering the transfer portal, you're not a VFL. No. You are not, like, if you enter the portal twice, you're not a Vol for Life. Yeah, can we please stop calling them Vol for Life? Yes. Please. They're not. And you were a Vol. Yeah, you were a Vol. But it's like, like Keyshawn Lawrence, Eric Gray, Wanye Morris. Those guys are not Vols. No. Matter of fact, they don't deserve to consider themselves a Vol. It's like Henry Toa Toa. And an argument was made on another station last year, and it was a station across the street. But here's the thing. If you even consider going away from the University of Tennessee, you're not a Vol for life. Because if you're a Vol for life, you stay here. You stay home. You make it happen here. When things yeah. get tough, and you know, I think I made this comment with you on the show last year. Do you want to be like Giannis and stay out where you're at? Make it great. Or do you want to be like Kevin Durant and just go the other way and try to find something else? As soon as, th- as, soon as things get tough, you jump ship. Because I have a good yeah. reason to think that that's why Tyler Barron stayed last year. Not only that, but like he just burned a lot of bridges in Knoxville over that decision. I he I don't even understand why he's still in college. You've gone four years. You're NFL ready. Go to the draft. Said you're wasting another year with Lane Kiffin. Makes no sense. Yeah, go right ahead. Do your thing. Have fun. Whatever. We don't want you here. No, I'm I'm ready for the Joshua Joseph show. Yes. He's going to make an impact. He he might even be better than Tyler Barron. That guy was highly touted. Everybody loved him when he was a recruit. I'm excited to see him play. Between him and James Pierce, whoo. And... I don't think we're done portaling just yet because we've gone, we've had seven, seven go out. We've had two come in. So you have a few more slots to play with. Obviously we're being very selective. So if it, if it was up to me, if I had my top pick in the portal right now, I would take AJ Harris out of Georgia, the five star from last year that played yeah. four games. Um, obviously has all the talent in the world, just buried in the depth chart. Those are the guys you want to go after. Absolutely. But um, we're out of time here. So, We'll talk to you next week. Jake, thank you for coming in. I appreciate you. Absolutely love you, man. And um, we'll talk to you all next week. Keep it tuned here for the Neutral Zone next.